welcome. In my first episode back as host, Luke joins me to chat with Katya de Basara. Katya was born in Russia, studied in California, lived in Peru, and then stayed in Australia long enough to become a local. She was going to be an Egyptologist when she grew up, but instead she earned a PhD in anthropology and now works as a university lecturer and researcher. What the Woods Keep was released in 2018, and her second novel, Oasis, is coming out in 2020. In addition to writing novels, Katya has authored and co-authored academic articles, book chapters, blog, guest posts, and opinion pieces. We chat the last SARS, the Americans, and more. And for the topic, we talk about finding your way as an author and the journey to becoming one. As always, we hope you enjoy listening. Hello and welcome to the Morning Bell Podcast. My name is Joel Martin and we are at the Brunswick Street Bookstore. I would like to say as usual, but honestly, it's my first week back, so not so usual. So welcome back to Joel. I know. Thank you, Luke. We've all missed you. Are you sure? Yeah. <laughs> I So I've been listening to the podcast when I've been gone, and I have to say, oof, <laughs> those episodes, man, they ran smoothly, there were no problems. I should go away more, you know? Like, Ian had a great time. There were more puns. Yeah. A bit, bit rougher on everyone involved. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. So oh. I've been editing uh, the podcast with uh, Ian, Liz, and Dion. And man, that that episode is hard to get through. So, any listeners who can endure that episode, you've you've survived the gauntlet. Um, Very self-critical. Oh, um, absolutely. Wow. Now the thing is, I'm critical on everyone else, and I'm very good about myself, so it's fine. Um, but it is good to be back. Uh, Melbourne is beautiful and cold and, yes, and crisp. I, yeah, very crisp. I've sort of missed that. Um, London's had a bit of a heat wave. I think the day after I left, it was 39 degrees. I will say something about London that hadn't occurred to me is that when you take the tube, uh, in the middle of the day or near, you know, rush hour or whatever, and there's a lot of people on that, on that little canister of doom, um, it is hot and sweaty and not a great time. But, I, w- uh, I wonder how it compares to the Moscow metro. Um, actually, I was going to say that because I was in Moscow in summer and it was pretty hot as well. Really? But Moscow subway is so well ventilated. Is it? Yeah, it's just yeah. a marvel of engineering and design. It's just done so well. Really? It's, it's just amazing. And right. like it works like clockwork. Right. So, you know, like here, when I come back from work, I'm going into the city and I always worry about being trampled by people who try oh, yeah. to go yeah, on yeah. the train. <laughs> yeah, the herd of And I was like, let me out. Uh, but there is like people who go out, they go one way and then people who get in, get in from some completely different way. So it's oh. like, there's no interaction. Everybody's going different directions yeah. and it's beautiful and clean and nice huh. and, you know. Air conditioned, so I was like, there "Yay, go That's Moscow!" A lucky experience. I've yeah. been. I was in the same metro with like two thirty kilo bags, and it oh. was all packed oh. and stopped. And oh no, <laughs> it was one direction, but it was really slow. <laughs> well, I did get pushed because I was admiring art because you know some stations have these beautiful Mural Soviet era yeah. like sculptures and yeah, stuff, and then yeah. we just went there to have a look at the art, and people like were pushing past me he's like go go keep moving keep moving what are you what are you waiting for it's like i'm yeah. just here for the art but in russian Don't right? push. Yeah, yeah yeah but it's okay i can say back i mean yeah. i kind of snapped back at her i was like yeah, just yeah. don't push us yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> here for the art not for the train but yeah there you go interesting i would be curious so how do you and this is you know going way too deep on oh there you go there's something there um but how deep actually is the subway in 
in Moscow? Oh. Is it? I actually am not sure. Like, I can't give you a number. Yeah. But so I know crazy. it was built to be like a bomb shelter uh-huh. as well. So people were meant to right. um, hide in there during yeah. threats and stuff. So deep enough. Right. <laughs> I would say at least 200 meters down. Right. Interesting. They got the, the escalators. Mm. You're up the top. You can see all the way down. Mm. It's ages. And then there's another flight as well. So yeah, it was true. depends on the station, I guess. It's going down, 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 down. Like, because, like St. Petersburg, yeah. because it's, it's built on like swamps. So sure. they, they mm. can't dig too deep or something. Like or it's else. different, I guess. Mm. But Moscow, swimming, yeah. yeah, it's yeah different environment. Yeah. <laughs> Not an engineer. So <laughs> yeah. I only three, go there for the art. Yeah. Three writers talking about engineering i guess it's deep shrug uh it was funny because i was talking to someone about the tube and why it's so hot and they said that the northern line which is the one i was on near greenwich was is specifically bad because it's so deep um compared to the other lines so that'd be curious um to figure out exactly why it's so poorly (laughs) ventilated but uh you know how did it affect your writer's journey (laughs) you know what just not at all just more annoyed i think towards the end i I oh that's right you got something to write about now (laughs) no uh the the funny thing was that i've i think spending two months with the suitcase makes you hate suitcases you know with a passion um and i admire backpackers i i like the idea I think it's a really good idea in principle, but I like my clothes too much to backpack. Mm. Um, And I have a very specific way of dressing that doesn't work with backpacks, I think. (laughs) Um, So yeah, uh, it's interesting. I will figure out, I mean, the thing is, I hope that the near future dystopia that we will inevitably go in will like have some sort of like bag of holding where people can just dump all their clothes and everything in a, pocket dimension and then when they travel <laughs> they just pop it out or even better why can't we just teleport like you know, know. we've like inve- invented uh, so much but come on why do we have to sit on the plane yeah, for like you, 14 hours if you want to go for like a hike or something you can you don't want his yeah. bag with you <laughs> have you seen the prestige it never works like teleportation <laughs> there's only room for one joel on this planet <laughs> and somehow we end up cloning that's just a bad idea <laughs> I haven't seen that one, but I've seen. Oh, um, I've seen um, the fly. Right. So that's that terrified me as a child. Yeah. So see yeah. the prestige. It's an amazing film. <laughs> yeah, and ignore everything I just said for the last two minutes. Uh, no spoilers. But yeah, fantastic. Um, introductions are in order, Katya. <laughs> even though we've been talking for about 10 minutes, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, thank you. I'm excited yeah. to be here. I found my way to Fitzroy, I took the tram. Yeah, Very excited absolutely. to be here. Didn't get trampled, that's Didn't true. get trampled. Any day I don't get trampled in Melbourne is a good day. Yes, fantastic. <laughs> However, you didn't have any art to admire on the way, like in the Mos- Moscow Metro. I'm sure <laughs> you had graffiti on the way, like some graffiti. I was just um, too focused on making sure right. I don't miss my stop. Ah. So I was like, <laughs> counting the stops I'm, I get very nervous when I, yeah, I I'm yeah. like a re- reverse vampire I don't leave the house after the dark <laughs> so, so <laughs> nice I like it yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought of this on the way yeah yeah, I was yeah. Analyzing reverse my vampire like reverse vampire so yeah it gets dark I was like yeah I don't leave the house yeah, yeah. but I was like it's a, it's a big night for me yeah. to be out this late <laughs> interesting <laughs> 
I it, it's funny the the Melbourne um, ethic when you get to Melbourne. So it was hilarious. I had a really good two months, and and you know no one was rude or you know at all. It was just a lovely time. And then I get to Melbourne and I get to Southern Cross and I get on the train at like three a.m. in the morning. Instantly, like two people on the train are just having it out and just swearing at each other. And I was like just brimming with joy and smiling because. How ridiculous it was. I was like, yay, welcome back, Joel. Two months you haven't had this. I'm home. Home sweet home. Um. Um, so yeah, let's get into the media section, shall we? Um, I have had a little bit of time to watch a lot of things, but let's start with Luke instead. I want to get a, a bugbear out of my system. All right, let's, let's work <laughs> this knot um, out. I've got a... I was watching, was it last week or this week? The Last Czars. Ah, yes. It's a new this, one on Netflix. Yes, I've and thought about watching it. But like, there's a number of issues I had with it from mm-hmm. the start. First, the title. <laughs> they weren't czars. <laughs> okay. And it presented itself in a sort of documentary style. So it had like, real, like live action and then mixed in a bunch of people talking as though there was a proper documentary. Mm-hmm. So that then added... Injury to the insult of the title. Wait, hang on. It's not a so it's not it's, a documentary. It's it works like a documentary. So it gives like a, a live action representation of what happened oh, or and what they think happened, and then they talk narration. a little bit about it, and then it keeps going. So the narrative keeps going. Okay. Have you seen it as well? I heard about it. Is it about Romanovs? Yeah. Yeah. So I think my mother-in-law is into that because she likes Russian history mm. a lot, and yeah. she knows more than I do. Yeah. She was telling me things, but I haven't watched it yet. Mm. So well. as the token Russian on the podcast, you haven't watched it? I just have this weird bias. Yeah. Like, I'm very suspicious of anyone else doing Russian history. Yeah, yeah. I um, wouldn't, I yeah. don't, yeah, watch Soviet movies. Forget this. <laughs> this is terrible. It's, yeah, it's just like my own thing. Yeah. Like, the only thing I kind of didn't hate was War and Peace, like the British movie. Yeah, I've heard good things. That was nice. Like, they got okay. it. Because, you know, to get, you know, the Russian, you know, Russian mm. person. Russian yeah. identity is super weird. Like, mm, even it, we yes. don't quite understand it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, but, you know, when, like, some, you know, US adaptation tries to make Anna Karenina, I was like, oh, no, you did not get <laughs> that, it right. Was that not good, was it? I actually haven't watched it due to my principles. Okay. But um, yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. know. Maybe it's an amazing movie, but yeah. I just didn't want to. I've yeah. struggled <laughs> with just about every Western representation of Russian not just um, me, culture. just doesn't yeah. doesn't go through very well. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, so I'm, it's no more. It's then. more about. Well, it's not. It's not as much about the Russian side of it this time. It's more about just people putting together a documentary-ish feature, so presenting it as though it's absolutely true and researched, and then oh. this very tiny, tiny, tiny Google search is wrong, 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 wrong. <laughs> so instead <laughs> of crazy. just being. You know, if they had just if, like, see, hey, this yeah, is a that's kind what of I was saying. Off, yeah, you know, that's what I was saying. If it was like straight up action historical fiction, I could. You would have been I like, wouldn't. Whatever. I don't mind. It's enjoyable. Like yeah. if it was just like a sharp, yeah, 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 yeah straight yeah. up sure. um, Bernard Cornwall, Bernard yeah. Cornwall representation of mm-hmm. like this is how it could have happened. Yeah, no worries. But interesting. <laughs> they're like, but it wasn't that. oh, and then in this year this happened, and then you watch this happening, like, mm-hmm. so are you saying <laughs> that they got the facts of it wrong? Quite a few of them. I'm wow. sure they had some things right, Yeesh. but 
there's enough of it wrong that it's really oh rough gosh. on the um why 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 do you think that is is it just like poorly researched or do you just think it's like a, a, a bias towards a kind of storytelling or what i don't know if there's a bias or if it's complete ignorance i mean they just fictionalized it they think they can get away with that like did they say something about you know because my one of my things that i absolutely hate when they say anastasia didn't really die mm. she escaped Mm. whatever like listen i love that dreamworks but, movie okay um, just, don't don't but, you know, <laughs> don't shatter my but dreams but see was that that was good because it wasn't faced as it's, it wasn't a documentary it was an animated right. movie this you documentary know, had her surviving as well oh at really the very start are you serious absolutely wow. because you know like knowing the history of what actually yeah. happened to them which is horrifying yeah. what they had to Brutally go murdered, through right? yeah. yeah and absolutely. you know bad things happened to them in that house before they were killed mm. And none of them survived. So it's kind of insulting mm. to say that she escaped to the U.S. Do you think it's just it's, like sort of a... It's a dream. Like it's a, a, a dream? It's, it's a fairy yeah. tale. I don't, I don't know. know. Yeah. I mean, it's a wonderful dream yeah. that, oh, yes, a Russian princess escaped brutal murder. But <laughs> it's just, it's, it's not what happened. Like, yeah. you know, history proved yeah. that. They did DNA testing of yeah. the remains that they mm. found. None of them escaped. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's one of those nice Yowch. stories, but then yeah. they presented it at the start of this documentary mm. or mockumentary. I don't know what you want to call it, but yeah. <laughs> Mixed genre. Yeah. something <laughs> postmodern documentary. See, now you just make me want to see it because I'm like, wow, <laughs> yeah. now I'm interested. See, I had no interest in it. I looked at it and I was like, eh. Oh, they started talking about Rasputin's Ooh. youth with like very great details. Like, right. you're not going to find any documents about this guy's yeah. like growing up. Yeah, 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 and they yeah. talked about his childhood as if they knew every detail. I'm like, right. what? <laughs> This obscure figure that came out of nowhere, right? Yeah, like yeah exactly. Kind of Wasn't like he just a no one, and then he became a someone? Well, we he don't know a, a lot of. He yeah. was just charismatic yeah. man yeah. who attached himself to the emperor yeah. and was like his advisor slash healer okay. of mm. the sun or something. Yeah. And that's all we know about him. So he was maybe politically influencing yeah. the last emperor, Nicholas. Right. Um, but we don't know. Yeah, we don't know his history. There was no written, <laughs> written record records, of yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so everything's just and, a guess. And again, they're yeah. like they drop to this interview system, and they're like, oh, and then yes, he was. He had Wait, a troubled childhood so in they, his so village. So they go back and forth, do they? Like yeah, they go to yeah. a bunch of his, um, like um, academics talking yeah. about it. Really? Um, Goodness. I'm trying to think of a good comparison. Um, you I mean that was Roman one, like thing? The Roman, Roman one. Yeah, Empire, yeah, yeah. Which was terrible. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I so just, that I, I just have yeah. a bug there against his like trying to present it as fact and discussing it, and it just boggles wow. my mind that they can get away with, or like that that they're misinforming so many people. Interesting, easily. <laughs> hmm. Well, there you go. Just stick to horrible <laughs> histories, I guess, kids, because <laughs> uh, that's actually it is really good. Yeah, like, that's it's funny. Very well researched. There you go. Um, Katya, since you're drinking, uh, I will instantly go to you. Yeah. I'm like a waiter. I'm like, how was the meal? It's like, I'm still <laughs> eating it. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you when I'm done. It's crazy. Katya, um, what have you got for us? Oh, I'll just pick one because I had a list sure. of three things. But I'll, I just started on the last season of Americans, okay. uh, which I think you haven't watched. Uh, no. I don't know if you had. But it's... Um, and I know I said before, just literally minutes ago, that I don't like Americans doing Russians. <laughs> <laughs> but I make an exception yeah, okay. for that Here show. <laughs> so if you don't know, that's a show about, uh, it's a Cold War-based show about uh, Russian spies who live in the U.S. and oh, pass as Americans. I heard about this. Mm. I think Ian really likes it. so good. Right. It's so, so good. Right. It's just um, amazing. I think it's really well-researched. Yeah. And what I like about it is that they don't show either side as bad or good. 
they just show you know a way the, of life the constant moral dilemma yeah, yeah. and it's basically about this couple huh. so you know like these russian spies they call them illegals yeah. or uh, residents yep. so they were matched um this guy and a girl got matched in russia and then they were transported to the u.s and now they pass as american citizens and sure. they have a child together and have jobs and yet they are spies and they're constantly right. doing you know missions and they have handler it's fascinating because and now we're at the last season so we're at the time where gorbachev is in power okay. so you know russia's yeah. about to collapse basically yeah and the husband and wife are divided so he doesn't care anymore and she's really dogmatic so she's like we're gonna do this interesting and and yeah they go into that really terrifying things you know how um the constant threat of nuclear holocaust yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> that both countries living through that lived yeah. through and so basically so we learn now i don't know i think it's true sounds true yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> about this thing that basically when if one if one government is completely destroyed they can still launch nuclear weapons to destroy the other ones even if they're dead it's called yeah. dead hand Right, right, yeah. right. So, yeah. Dead Man's Oh Wish, yeah. my gosh, like it was amazing. And the soundtrack of that show is spectacular. Right. Like they have oh, okay. all the best just music, you know, yeah. Peter Gabriel, like all the oh, good wow. stuff from okay. the 80s. I was like, I love that stuff. And it's just amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Good show. Cannot recommend it enough. It doesn't get enough hype. That sounds great. What, where did, where are you watching Sleeper Hit? What's the. Um, I'm like really platform. old school. I just get it from the library. Oh, right. Okay. Is it an old series or a new series? No, it's or? a new series. Yeah, it, wow. Ian's been talking about this, yeah, yeah. and I just haven't watched it. But yeah. Mm. yeah, I didn't know library stocked new films. I thought it was always the old, old, old. What's well, the series? Yeah, <laughs> the, the Americans, they right? Everything. Americans. Yeah, I think it's maybe the Americans or the Americans. Okay. I'm not sure, but my, like my library, like City of Melbourne Library, yeah. they have all the shows. Like we get everything on yeah. DVD. Uh, if we don't, if it's not on Netflix, like HBO shows, The Walking Dead. Westworld, wow. uh, Game of Thrones, everything Goodness. we get from the library. So hmm. support your local libraries. Yeah, get there you go. That's impressive. Them. <laughs> yeah. I just, I'm like, technically <laughs> not very good. So I don't even know how to get any of that stuff. Yeah. Um, sure, yeah, yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. If you've got it, access, you don't, you don't need it. Yeah, it's free. <laughs> but it's, it's free and it's really good quality. So, and we wait for it. Like, I wait for it to come out the entire season. So I just yeah. get it and we just watch over right. weekend. Yeah. So Very just, cool. Yeah. Nice. Okay, Americans. There I you go. Right I, there, I might have to yeah, check that <laughs> out. Oh, you've got a notepad. That, there that you sounds go. good. Um, what what have I been watching? So I watched Aquaman on the plane and okay, let's let, let's just stop for a second Uh-oh. and acknowledge that it was a plane movie. All right? Everything I watch on a plane is usually terrible. <laughs> but the issue is that Ebrunai senses movies, right? So they, they censor all the language and um, adult themes or whatever. It's all gone. Uh, so I saw The Favorite was on it, and I wanted to watch that movie, but I was like, literally 50% of the film is not going to be there. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I'm not going to... It also helps because there's no awkwardness of whoever's sitting next to you, like, leaning over and being like, mm, silently judging. Uh, you have uh, now justified yourself for watching Aquaman. Yeah, That's exactly. Okay. okay, so now we come to me watching Aquaman. It was terrible. I hated it. It was a terrible film. Uh, Jason Momoa, look, I know the internet loves him. He can make it work sometimes when he's playing Jason Momoa, but when he tries to play anyone else, so bad. Um, it's a really, like, no. oh, goodness. <laughs> I don't know how to talk about this film without being really down on it. You sound to be traumatized by it. It, it really like, was, like, so. the thing is, Wonder Woman is still the best DC film. And then Aquaman's, like, fighting for the, you know, best of the worst. 
So like, kind of makes. Didn't their Justice League fight for the best of the worst? Or no, the that's worst just the best. That's worst just the worst. Like a trash fire somewhere. <laughs> that's an annoying. What is it? With, is it? Is DC pulling these careers down, or are they just gonna do well afterwards? I yeah, like every <laughs> actor who's been in it looks depressed in interviews <laughs> afterwards. They they go for counselling. There's the whole night. Ben Affleck had one tears yeah, going out of his eye, literally. Affleck, yeah. <laughs> I remember what was it the Superman in Injustice League he Henry Cavill he didn't yeah. he like he had a mustache for some other film and, and then had they to pretend it wasn't there it out of he's like I'm not gonna shave it I, just, I don't well, care well under contract he couldn't <laughs> yeah I know but it's like he just, they just photoshopped he just it it looked did. terrible they Look couldn't like he had care two lips they couldn't care it's just it was crazy. so bad. Anyway, Jason Momoa didn't have two lips, but it would have made the film better. <laughs> it would have made it watchable. Lips. Yeah. Man, wow! I'm so sorry. I don't know how I can talk about this film without being sad on it. <laughs> okay, here's one thing: the special effects sometimes were okay. That's it. That's to be expected yeah. these days from a high Patrick budget Wilson film. was <laughs> in the movie, which makes it a, a good thing. Patrick mm, Wilson. Yeah, yeah. His like, hair was strange, though. Yeah, no, I said he's he's in the movie, which is a good thing. Yeah. Everything he does is bad. <laughs> his character is bad. The story is bad. The acting is bad. Who's Patrick Wilson? He's a he's a night owl from um, the Watchmen. Ex, the Watchmen, yeah. yeah. Oh, and, and he also is in the um, and the Conjuring, um, Conjuring yeah. movies. He's the guy in the Conjuring. Okay, movies. I don't know the Conjuring he, movies. He's the do, main character of Fargo yeah. season two. Oh, he's the sheriff. I can't remember the face right now, but yes, I, re- I sort of remember him from the. the yeah, Watchmen. I have a huge crush on Patrick Wilson. I think he's amazing. Mm. I, I saw him in a movie called The Alamo, back mm. when, and he was really good in it. I think he can act it's just that he was in aquaman <laughs> so it brings everyone down it's the, it's the common denominator yeah, yeah. I, I saw it on the big screen oh so you saw aquaman i, I did yes all right yeah. please tell me you liked it um um i feel like i'm really burned out on superhero movies mm. in general maybe that's why i hate it so much i just and i think you know dc movies they haven't been great. They don't yeah. even try to make it special. Yeah, they're so. Ugh. I did. I did like Wonder Woman. Wonder yeah, Woman I like Wonder Woman. Yeah, because um, it felt fresh. That was good. Doing I, I, yeah. I loved that. That was amazing. And you know, they brought that humanity and empathy yep. in her. That was nice. And she can act. And she can act. And she's you know she's she's got that over Jason. Gorgeous yeah. being. Yeah. Like she's goddess like. So yeah, that yeah, yeah. that was really good mm. to see yeah. um, but the rest of them like what's the, the Batman versus Superman one oh. where they fight and they stop fighting because both of their moms are called Martha, Martha. So literally that's what happened like my Martha, my, my, Martha. Mom Martha. <laughs> my mom is Martha too oh my god we've been fighting <laughs> for nothing you're breaking my heart that's I forgot just... that movie existed <laughs> I can never erase that from my mind yeah. that moment but then also, um, we went to see, like, a family, the entire family went to see Endgame, and I nearly had a fight with my sister-in-law because she loved it so much, she cried. Yeah. And I didn't like it. You didn't it. like I Endgame. I did like it. See, I'm not talking about Endgame because we have a special podcast with Alison Goodman in oh. which Alison and myself are going to gush about how much we love that movie. <laughs> but I get what you mean. It's just, yeah. I was just tired. Like, it's not a b- it's bad fatigue. movie. I'm it's just super, tired. Superhero fatigue. Yeah, it was just too much. And, and then when we just to Spider-Man and I, I liked it again. It's a yeah. good movie, but I was like, I'm so tired. Mm. Yeah. 
Do we have to see every single superhero movie? And we do, so we have yeah. to see them. Yeah, have that's, to see why, them. that's no why choice. I don't watch the DC ones, so I can still sort so of enjoy, the, enjoy Marvel the Marvel ones. ones. Mm. Like, it's I'm, okay. I'm very you, tired of superhero stories. Just the story itself, the story structure. Yeah, it's, it's so hard. bland. It's hard to come up with anything new. I it's mean, very yeah. easy. You just don't follow that structure. <laughs> <laughs> but then they're scared it's not going to work. I know they're yeah. scared of it, and that's the problem. That's why I watch Russian films. Well, yeah. well, <laughs> well or put art it, films or put something it this else. Way. <laughs> if you watch DC, you love Marvel. It like makes Marvel so much better. No, mm. it doesn't. Because like, they have the same structure. Just one has humor, and you're like, yeah, okay, good. Okay, at least. This way, if you had a box of popcorn and one was covered in dirt, and then you ate that, and you were like, "Wow, that was bad popcorn," but then you went and had good popcorn, wouldn't that make the good popcorn better? I would say, "Why did I eat the dirt?" Why in the would first you place? eat the dirt one? I mean, that's true. <laughs> it's like there is dirt on this popcorn. Yeah. You should not eat. I'm that. just not going to eat that in the first place. That's yeah. a good point. Anyway, Warner Brothers executives who want to uh, uh, sponsor this podcast, <laughs> we will still take your money. Just. You know, just del- we'll delete just this episode. Just not after the recent Harry Potter films. Yes. Yeah, goodness. Let's not talk about that, shall we? Because that's, that's a bundle of snakes. J.K. Rowling. Goodness. Poor, um, poor Rowling. What is, what is what, going what's on What's happening? Who knows? I don't think she knows. I, I think she sort of thought she knew. Well, I think everyone did, and then they made the movies. I don't. I'm not just talking about that. Just the way that she's been communicating. On it's very. It's very strange. See, I think this goes down, and th- this is like a whole nother topic. But like seriously, I think that uh, we could caveat it into the next yeah section let's, let's, with this. I think. But the, the the thing is, I'm not Ian. I don't signal segues. You know what I mean? Oh, I don't sorry. like telegraph. I had to I'm gonna replace him for this one. So it's crazy. I like well, how I'm I, justifying I think... my my hosting uh, <laughs> of this part of my podcast. <laughs> but I think that she really wants to present herself slightly differently to what she is because of her career. And that's... I understand what she's doing. Mm. I understand that she wants she wants the popularity. That's understandable for someone who's in this position. Yeah, she's trying very hard. Uh, and I, it's, a, it's hard on the books and it's just hurting the, the story. Look, I find it really like... It's always weird to talk about authors, mm. right? It's weird to talk about authors when you're like... Uh, it's well, the a strange thing, is I, don't, thing. I, don't, I don't hate it I don't dislike it I think it's Neither, just yeah. really sad that that's happening you that's know what it. I think I think that unfortunately because we have such a close connection with hmm. our heroes and hmm. our idols and our great writers in one sense you almost wish that they would just take a step back hmm. like hmm. that level of communication is sometimes more damaging than it is helpful and it's hmm. great to have a close community and to have that constant interaction hmm. but if you're not the kind of person that can um think about it and be like mm, this people are going to misunderstand what i say hmm. or i'm not even sure what i'm saying here hmm. you know that's yeah. tough well, the it's, f- yeah. it's dangerous too because yeah. obviously like what you're saying there is there's no barrier anymore. Yeah, you have a phone, you just tweet it, it and then you, you think about tweet it. tweet and, you know, I'm very careful what mm. I say. And, like, for me, the stakes are very low because nobody yeah, exactly. really knows who I am. Like, yeah, I have popcorn and dirt, I know, right? <laughs> like, know, like, me too. I don't have millions of followers, yeah. but if you say something wrong, you can't take that back. People are no. going to screenshot that forever and mm. it's going to stay with you and it's going to tarnish your legacy. Yeah. And you just have to be mindful of that because do you want to be remembered yeah. For your books or for something exactly. you it's said. Like, or, you know, it's like you build this legacy mm. and you're in any other era, you'd be remembered forever. But you build this legacy mm. and then 20 years down the track, you like have a small pick and you're like working mm. your way at the bottom of it and being like, I desperately want to destroy this. It's funny because Lovecraft mm. is still popular. 
I know. (laughs) Like, yeah. And he had the benefit of not having social media, so no one really could figure out that he was hugely racist. But even even now, like, but that, I mean, that doesn't take away from the fact that his books were, yeah, of course, strange and crazy and interesting, but. But, yeah. but if he had Twitter, everyone would know. You know what I mean? Everyone would just not read his books. I think he yeah. was too scared of... He wouldn't, he wouldn't have gone on Twitter, I think. He would, well, he didn't leave his house. <laughs> he wouldn't so have gone I out mean, of the house. He wouldn't have used Twitter. Yeah, I mean, more he writers would, should learn He from wouldn't this. have had a router. Yeah, this, this is great advice for you emerging writers out there, you know? Just, just be shut-ins. It's just great. Don't, don't it's safer. <laughs> Close the windows. <laughs> but I think, yeah, I, I think that's a... It's a hard mm. thing, and I I can't imagine what that must be like mm. to to be like ah people are misunderstanding my work yeah. or am I misunderstanding mm. it and mm. it's so strange. You know what's even worse? Um, might get in trouble for saying this, but mm. a lot of people have been really vocal and including me actually about a certain writer who recently said that people who are bullied in high schools deserve it. Oh goodness! Uh, have you heard yeah. of that oh, one? Oh yeah. You know, like mm. it's just to me. Okay, so you said that. Maybe you've been taken out of context. And then next day he said, actually, I meant what I said and you're all wrong and I don't care what you think. That's like, (laughs) just stop. Yeah. Stop talking now. And it's it's so hard because, again, like, you know, you have a legacy and and Mm. people love your Mm. work and because you write empathetic characters and then they think, wait a minute. Yeah. You're, you know, you're espousing these views that are almost antithetical to what you wrote. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. It's just it's 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 sad and it's dangerous because you know we as writers, especially you know I write I write way, so yeah. young people read my books. Yeah. yeah, yeah you yeah. know a lot of teenagers reach out so to me. So there's a responsibility. I have a responsibility there. now. Yeah. I have to be very careful what I say and do. You know sure. because people look up to me. You know, yep. have people saying that they've read my books three times. So yeah. my, my first book, they've read it three times since my favorite book in the world. And you know, oh my god, yeah. like you wrote a character that I relate to. You know, so I have to be yeah. mindful. You know, not to be taken out of context, but there are different mm. things. Yeah. One thing to be taken out of context, another thing is to say to double down on that. To double down on something, and yeah. then say, actually, no, I meant what I said, and you're all wrong, and I don't care what you yeah. think. You know, that's just—it's not good. Yeah. Um, I mean, if nothing else, explain it better. Yeah, like like talk about what <laughs> you double mean. down Your position, on that. Right? I mean, yeah, talk about what yeah. you mean, or because like, it could come down to a definition. Something. It could be something that mm. he means. It's very significant and needs yeah. to be communicated but just double down on that and you're <laughs> and then you've you're lost everyone you've got no defenders you're gone yeah yeah, yeah. but I completely mm. believe that authors have a responsibility I think that art is a um, privilege um, yeah. and that if you are in a position of power either of influencing art or talking to people you you know the classic superior thing of using it for good yeah right? like and I think that's important and being it's fine to be transgressive. It's fine to push boundaries, but there's a there's you know there's a difference between the art speaking for itself and you speaking over the art mm. and being like, actually, let me explain this. Let me explain this. And I, I forget who it is now, but they said that basically you create a work, and when you put that work out, it no longer belongs to you That's in true. one sense mm. because yeah. that art is different to you. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I truly believe that. And I think it takes on something because of, you know, how people interact mm. with it. But yeah, mm. it, it's, it's really interesting. I was having a conversation with someone about Ian McEwan, you know, this, this whole drama that happened a, a while back about what he said about Specfic, you know, and it rubbed all the Specfic authors the wrong way of being like, oh, I'm writing this Specfic <laughs> book that I, you know, and I, don't get me wrong, it's not like all that other Specfic, oh. you know, this is like proper writing. <laughs> of course. And I'm paraphrasing. But, it, you know, and that, 
and that idea is that authors were, were conflicted because they thought, well, we love Ewan Mc, uh, Ian McEwan because he's a great writer, mm. but he said this thing that's, you know, in one sense ignorant to what specfic is. Mm. And that's fair, and, you know, mm. and, and everyone, you know, has those opinions. Everyone has ignorance he's about something. Exactly. Right? Mm. So we have blind spots. Like blind spots, so yeah. we, we do have them. Yeah. And sometimes it's like it hits you like a sledgehammer. It's like, yeah. oh, wow, I didn't even think of that. Yeah, exactly. But that's somebody else's experience and that, that yeah. was, I was educated. Yeah. On that point. Yeah, and have empathy, mm. right? Yeah. So in one sense, I wasn't really willing to jump down his throat uh, instantly. But also, mm. you know, it's interesting. It's interesting that people have that respect for the genre now that maybe we would be a bit more shy mm. about, uh, you know, 20, 30 years down uh, before. So there's always positives to see. Anyway, uh, <laughs> that's all a very nice, comfy, uh, warm blanket <laughs> over all you authors. Let's, uh, let's segue that and uh, let's, let's talk about the topic for today, which is, well, about the writer's life, right? We were talking about how sometimes what you say has an influence and... Um, you have a responsibility, but let's back up a bit. Let's talk about exactly how that even happens, how you even get to the <laughs> fact that one day you like wake up and you think, oh, wait, I'm a writer now. <laughs> um, and for you, Katya, that was uh, a bit of a journey, right? Like your yeah. career has been, you know, like reading your bio is crazy. Like oh. you've, been, you've been doing a lot of things. And yeah. then author is suddenly added to that list. What was that like? Yeah. I just never want. I never knew I was going to be an author. I guess sure. um, it was never seen as a career yep. option for me. Um, so I was always kind of. Um, I grew up. You know, I need a real career. It has yeah. to be probably academic career because everything I know is around academia. My parents, you know, yeah. my aunts and uncles. So mm. I went that way, and I kind of thought, you know. Okay, I need to probably get a PhD. You know, a lot of decisions in my life, and uh, I'm in my 30s now, and a lot of decisions leading up to that was like really expectations of others sure. that I was fulfilling. Yeah. So now I'm at that level that I understand that. <laughs> yeah. You were just fulfilling other people. I was just yeah. fulfilling, like, you know, trying to please my parents. And there's nothing wrong with that, sure. you know. Um, it, it served me well. I Life experience. Got, I got a, and, yeah, I got yeah. a job in university, so, yeah. which I quite enjoy. Yeah. Um, gave me, you know, um, exposure to different opportunities in life. So that's great. And then I kind of was at the state where what should I be doing that I want to be doing? Mm. And you kind of ask yourself that question. Yeah. Um, and I felt that what I wanted to be doing was writing a book. Yeah. So when I started writing a book, when I was doing my PhD yeah. at the same time, because <laughs> yeah, I was like, there's no time to waste. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Got to do this now. Yeah. <laughs> and I kind of did this parallel thing when I was writing my thesis and writing a book. Yeah. And somehow I finished both things around the same time. And my supervisor of my PhD now knows this. Sure. So she, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's <laughs> like, man, wow. <laughs> and I gave her my book. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I'm not sure what she thinks of that, but she liked the book. <laughs> she said she, she liked the book. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then I found myself with having written a book, and I was like, what should I do next? Sure, yeah. And then I realized I know nothing about self-publishing. Like, I know nothing about... <laughs> cover design and editing and yeah. I was just terrified so by that. So many areas it's just of it, so yeah. much You have to be so much better at yeah, these absolutely. things. And I was just nowhere near that level of expertise. Yeah. It would take me years to get to that level of expertise. So yeah. I thought I need to get an agent 
yeah. and and find like traditional publisher. Yeah. So I started looking for an agent, um, and somehow one was interested. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've been querying on and off. I wrote another book in the meantime, and then I kind of was in it. So you know, at some stages. And I then thought, you okay, found yourself. You were in that it's industry. Like, yeah. It's like I'm doing this now. Yeah. I'm querying agents. Yeah. This is my life now. It's like. Was that a weird shift? Do you think? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, suddenly you were, you're like, wait a minute, I'm it's, trying to pursue this author life. Yeah, and then you realize that you're in it, and then I think when you get your first request from agents, sure, for to read the book, and yeah. you realize, oh, is this a th- yeah, is this happening? Also, like, hang on a moment, like, actually, yeah. somebody can say yes, yeah, yeah at yeah, this yeah. stage because somebody is reading the book, yeah. So it kind of hits you at some stage uh, that this could be happening. Um, mm. And then you meet other people doing the same thing. And it kind of, it's additional level of stress in your life. Sure. So it's, you know, like rejection. Yeah. Like this is the level of constant daily rejection that you don't experience in normal life. Because, yeah, (laughs) because work has the slow wins and that has like, you know, small disappointments. But you always have this like push and pull, right? It's like interactions with people and people are always... Like at least on the outside, they accept you, and they, you know, they, mm. they, they want to appear like they're friendly and. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But then when you send off your work, <laughs> it's relentless. It's, <laughs> it's relentless rejection, and you kind of get used to it. And yeah. I, I think I don't know if you were there at my panel at Speculate. I yeah, said yeah. I like I feel nothing. Yeah. In that sense, that's it. I like yeah. it's really hard to hurt me in yeah. in that professional sense. Yeah. Um. You know. Uh. Because they get back to you, agents, and they can give you some feedback and could be quite brutal yeah, yeah, yeah and they're helping you but but yeah you try and focus on what you can use from that right yeah like, and well, that's is that hard like trying to figure out mm, is is that advice right for me or it's subjective yeah obviously so like any literature like any art literature yeah. is subjective and it's subject to taste yeah but i guess if you get the same thing over and over again maybe there is a pattern mm. right so if you yeah. get rejected um, like if nobody wants to read your book just based on query, maybe mm. your query is not right yeah. or something. Or if you get a lot of requests for the book, but people back out after 50 pages and they say, I, I couldn't finish it. There's something wrong with the manuscript. Yeah. You know, so you need to look at, look for Problem patterns. Problem solving. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but at the same time, when I was getting feedback from agents and then from editors, it was so vastly different. Like they were rejecting for very different reasons. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you got to ask yourself like, it just—it's just a matter of keep like keeping to keeping going, I guess, yeah. to keep going because then somebody will you find somebody who will appreciate that. Sure. And that's what happens. So one agent said, "Yeah, I think it's great. Let's do it. Like you can go on submission tomorrow. It's nearly yeah. ready." And was <laughs> was this following all of those rejections, and then suddenly there was the yeah. yes? What was that? Is that just suddenly different to you? Did you think, wait a minute, is this? <laughs> it's hard to believe because yeah. you know, like you. Um, so this lady, uh, that was my first agent, sure. who unfortunately now uh, she quit being an agent. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I had to do it all all over again. Oh, you had to go through mm-hmm. the whole process again. again. Yeah. Oh boy. Um, it was a bit less brutal. Yeah, yeah. Much Didn't hand you shorter. over. She just left. No, well, because she was. Um, it was like a boutique agency. It was oh, literally right. free people working out of right. their homes. Ouch. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. But you know, she was really good. She was an mm. amazing agent. 
business. She represented Courtney Summers, you know, New York Times yeah, bestseller yeah. and winner of many awards. You know, she, she's legit and yeah. amazing. But it's just a small agency that yeah. um, there was n- nowhere to just hand me over to. Yeah, okay. Really. Uh, and when I got an email from her, because first she requested to read the book. Yeah. Then I haven't heard for weeks and weeks and weeks. And I was like, okay, of another course, one yeah. of those. Yeah. <laughs> then she emailed me after weeks saying, oh, I'm quite enjoying this. I might, I might have an answer for you soon. I was like, oh, an answer for me? Yeah. <laughs> What was yeah. the question? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing, yeah. And then I got an I got a long email from her um, because um, I was in a work meeting and this email came through and I'm reading this, I'm preparing for rejection and she's like, I've read your book, I think it was really good, really well done. I was like, okay, 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 yeah, get to where's it, get the to unfortunately, it. Unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. And there's like, yeah, I'm happy to talk re- representation. Do you want to set up a call? I was like, what now? And I was in this... <laughs> boring work meeting just yeah, like yeah, couldn't yeah. express myself in any way I'm like, <laughs> yeah, yeah i'm doing this like excited yeah. um jumping in my chair <laughs> everyone in the work meeting is like this is not that interesting <laughs> really <laughs> i don't know why you're excited <laughs> why so are you weird. on your phone like typing up typing an answer um, yeah. there's nothing to take notes of in this meeting okay, <laughs> yeah. but yeah and um i said yes um and then within a, within a month we went on submission yeah and about eight months it took to sell to sell the book, yeah. So, yeah. so fast forwarding, then we we now get you at panels, you know, <laughs> podcasts. You've got another book that's coming out. Now we've transitioned from Katya, the <laughs> debut author, to you're an author, and this is a daily life. Like, what is that period <laughs> like? That that idea that now that this is your daily job, you're doing publishing meetings. Highbrow podcasts like the Morning Bell. Yeah, you're getting yeah. invited to, to you know amazing podcasts uh, <laughs> that shall not be named, um, and yeah, like what? So suddenly you're in this mm-hmm. position that you're not being interviewed as a debut author; you're being interviewed as an author, right? Like, yeah. is that a is that a switch? <laughs> it is a switch, but it's a good kind of switch. Mm. Like it's because I love talking about writing, sure. so to me it's not not a stressful thing to talk about because yeah. mm. you know for work because uh, I work in academia and yeah. I go to conferences and present my research yeah. and I, for some reason I just feel a lot less confident mm-hmm. in that even though you know, yeah. I, have, I have a PhD I'm an academic like yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah. I've been at it for five years and I still feel like because there's um, a lot of people who have you know opinions and it's, it's a bit different yeah, yeah, you yeah, know yeah. like social theory it's kind of like yep. you could be wrong uh, it's all a, a, a bit blurred yeah. Yeah. it's a wrong interpretation yeah. uh, or something but with the book it's like you know it's, it's my book subjective it's yeah. my book here's what I wanted it to be um, I can't control what it is to you yeah sure. so um, yeah and it's it's really fun you know it's um, I, yeah I go to a lot of um, different things I'm, I met, meet with readers mm. so it's good to see that you know the actual impact of your work yeah because in academia you can't really see yeah that, sure okay yeah, yeah, yeah. interesting so you write an article it goes through peer review process could take years to publish and then like nobody would who who reads that yeah you know and like, you don't know you yeah. don't know you don't yeah. know i mean you can see some citations but sure. that's not like so what what is the impact of what i do yeah but with books kind of it's instant instantaneous yeah yeah, yeah see that so that that's a good change but in terms of my day-to-day life i mean it's just it's more busy definitely yeah. Um, because I still have my day job, yeah, yeah, and I 
do that. So yeah. um, I, you're juggling. I, yeah. I don't see myself like quitting my day job at this stage yet. Because yeah. um, I think you need to sell more books to be mm. at that level sure. where you have financial stability. Yeah. But you know, I'd love to sell more books and I'd love to keep going because I like the process of writing mm. a book. Yeah. And, is is yeah. that something you see um, on the horizon or is it beyond the horizon? The idea of just writing. I'd love that. I mean, it's the dream, I think, um, just to do that. But at the same time, uh, I kind of worked hard also to get where I am at my kind of academic Yeah, that's job. another question, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, and you know, like other authors that I know, like Jodie McAllister, yeah. she's another academic slash writer, and we're, we talked with her, and you know, she loves her job too, and hers is much closer to writing, because she, sure. she actually yeah. teaches in writing and editing mm-hmm. or something. So, but mine is quite far, I'm anthropology, social sciences, mm. but still, you know, I, I don't mind what I do, and at the moment I can juggle, I, I can balance that, but it is—it's really mm. hard. Like you know, weekends I just like lie on a couch. I can't do anything. Yeah, I'm just so tired, exhausted mentally and and physically. Um, but yeah, it's just an additional layer of responsibility. Yeah, because there's a lot of things going on. I'm at that stage where my second book's coming out in January, so it's a lot of publicity, and we have to plan for yeah. these things and constant talking with my you know my my yeah. team. Um, yeah. Do, do you think? Do you think that having that day job um so there, there was a one of the podcasts that um ian and Dion did was with um um uh, melanie houston uh, melbourne based author and she was talking about the idea that uh, the day job can have a positive effect because it balances out the highs and lows of, of like publishing yeah and the idea that you know while you might not get constant stimulation from you know, your book just got picked up or your book didn't get picked up Yeah. to the idea of having a, a job that fulfills that sort of need. But in your case, because you're in academia, that's not necessarily <laughs> the case, right? So do you find that the day job is a good balancing thing or do you, do you think it gets in the way sometimes? I think it can be both, Okay. really. Yeah. Um, on some days, it really feels like it's just, you know, I don't want to be here today, yeah, sort of. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Um, especially if I have a deadline for mm. my book or something, sure. or I just, you know, had had to answer like hundreds of emails in the morning. Because when I wake up, that's when the US goes yeah, to yeah, sleep. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I, I have that brief window yeah, of like one hour. To get a response. Like yeah, before yeah, New yeah. York goes to, yeah. you know, to the drinks after work yeah, or something. It's like, yeah. I got to answer these emails. And it's, everything is very important. So it, in those moments, it feels like day job is getting in the way, I guess. Right. Mm. Um, it's like, I really don't want to be doing this right now. Um, yeah. But at the same time, I do have I, I have that escape as well. Yeah. So I have something else. Yeah. To do, and you know, at the moment, my day job is my main source of income, so it is kind of important. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> To keep, you know, going there. Yeah. <laughs> every day. Interesting. I mean, Luke, we were having a conversation about this not not that too long ago about the idea of consistent income and like you know the necess the, like having just the practicality of keeping hmm. work and like hmm. earning an income yeah. and then balancing out like say a more creative life, right? Yeah, it, it can sort of, you can get a little bit, well, I can, I don't know about you, but I can get complacent, sort of think, ah, oh, look, I can put off writing for another day because I'm doing this and it's getting me the money, I'm retired, but you know, I'll just do that. Yeah. And so creative side just sort of Takes flounders a little bit and then I get like a spike and I'm like just, for a week or two I can't do anything except this still got to work because you know you got to go to work but but 
you know, get home and wife doesn't see me. I'm just <laughs> trying to figure this out. And yeah. 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 Head down. Yeah. I think it's like for, yeah, for me, is that weird? We were talking about this with Joel before we started recording, yeah. but it's a weird period for me because, you know, I have my two, two contract, uh, two books on the contract and my second book is about to come out basically. Sure. Yeah. So I'm in that weird space where I, you know, I'm waiting to hear, are they going to buy more books from me? Yeah. Um, are we going to go with, you know, somewhere else if they don't sure. want it? And I'm trying to like diversify my offerings as mm. they tell, you know, don't, Put everything in one basket, yeah. write a different kind of book. You know, maybe you can write a middle grade book mm. yeah. for younger readers or you can write like a genre, you know, yeah. um, adult book for adults, yeah. <laughs> just non-young mm. adult book. So at the moment, I'm like writing those projects and nobody's expecting them per se. Sure. Yeah, except yeah, for yeah. My, you know, my agents who I've been like vaguely saying. So they're um, all in limbo. Yeah. Yeah. So it's in limbo. And at, and we like I talked about this, um, I had this really cool event in Canberra, the bookstore that I quite like. And yeah. a lot of writers who don't have you know agents or books under contract feel that way you know but you you gotta keep doing this because that's how yeah. I sold my first book yeah. I was writing this for you know nobody at the yeah. time nobody was waiting for it and now I have to do it again and it's hard I just wish yeah. I you know somebody was kind of waiting for those books yeah I feel motivated yeah in one yeah. sense you know where it's going so then you have a destination and then you can, you can yeah. power towards it with that first book okay let, let's talk about that difference then with with the that debut novel you weren't necessarily writing it for publication right you were just writing it because that's what you wanted to do it was a novel and then you decided to get it published yeah that process now is different yeah in, inevitably <laughs> because now you are writing for publication you're thinking about markets you're thinking about all the stuff that you have to go through you're thinking about the publishing meetings you're thinking about you know where is this going to get placed is it you know america is it australia so does that affect you know the book does that affect your joy of putting words uh, to a page or do when you get to that screen or that notebook Mm. is it just the same I just feel I'm, I'm at that stage where I have a bit more re- liberty and freedom at sure. what I could be writing, what I, sh- what I write. Yeah. Um, I feel I'm re- really lucky with my U.S. My main publisher is my U.S. publisher, um, which is a um, branch of U.S. Macmillan. Yeah. So, and um, it's called Imprint. Mm-hmm. Um, so they are really into sort of uh, genre bending um, edgy, strange books, mm. which is kind of my brand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's sort of <laughs> so, you to a T. Yeah. It's kind of, uh, I do that. And yeah. I think, because um, we had this conversation with my current agent yeah. uh, where I was talking. So my first book is a, is a very strange to define book. It's a different genres. You know, is it a fantasy? Is it a, a horror? Yeah. Is, is this, this and that? And my second book is a lot more, I feel, a lot more streamlined yep. and more fast-paced and more adventure rather than that mixed genre. Sure. And my agent was like, my sec- wait, this is my current agent. She's like, you're really lucky that your editor really doesn't sort of constrict what you can do. Because a lot <laughs> yeah. of authors yeah. get typecast based on one book. Yep. Like you write one type of book, like, oh, it's a fairy tale retelling. Yep. That's it. That's all you're going to be writing. Yep. You're that fairy tale author for the <laughs> rest of your life. Yeah, yeah. like you're known yeah. for that now. Yeah. But in my case, it's two vastly different books. Yeah. Um, and it's a bit of a gamble because people might expect the same as the yeah. first and maybe they're going to get something different. But I'm just, I consider myself lucky that mm. I can do that. And with my current book, uh, like my next YA, hopefully that will be picked up. Is a bit like my first book mm. in the sense that it's more like it's a slower book. Yeah. Like, you know... So basically you can't help yourself. You're getting I, weird again. I just get getting weird again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then we're talking with my agent and yeah. she's like trying to, you know, package it as something that sure. she can pitch. Yeah. And she's like... 
I guess like maybe it's a retelling of something. Have you thought of this? Like yeah. you're literally like it's subconscious maybe. And yeah. it's, it's it feels like this particular story that you're kind of feeding off. And so she's like trying to package it as something, yeah. but I was like, yeah, yeah, it, whatever. It is what like, it is. It is what it is. Um, yeah. I've written this strange book again. And my next, the fourth one potentially is going to be like a fast-paced different book again. Yeah. So anyway, she's like, just do what you want. Just, just we'll figure just, it out. We'll figure it out. Just keep writing them and, you right. know, we'll, okay. take it, we'll take it elsewhere if they don't want it, you know. It's interesting. I think, yeah, <laughs> you, you sound like you still haven't lost the magic, right? Like that. that oh, you got to keep that. Yeah. That's, Shh, don't tell her. That's the whole... <laughs> you can't lose the magic, it's okay. That's the whole point. Yeah. <laughs> well, otherwise, what's the point? Yeah. I yeah. just... I mean, I don't know. I guess when you have a lot of books under contract and you gotta, you know, keep writing them, maybe that's a different feel. Mm. I'm not there yet. I'd like to be there. Yeah. But at the moment, I just want to enjoy it more. Yeah. And, and this yeah, is... I mean, like, that's the thing. I mean, yeah. most, mm. most writers, that you, they... They have to write, you know, yeah, express exactly. themselves. Yeah. Even if they get bogged down, you know, they, they have to put words on paper. They have to tell yeah. a story. There's no way not like it. You, you can't not write at some mm. stage. This is, you have that craving for it. Sure. It's like a drug, I guess, mm. maybe yeah, addicted yeah, yeah. to that process. Uh, and I'm really like curious, you know, how is this going to turn out? Um, how am I going to get there from A to B? You know, yeah. I, I love that aspect of, of the writing job. Yeah. Yeah, and it's definitely curious to see different authors. Like at this stage, I added like uh, Will Will Kostakis. You know, he switched from well, it's not a big switch, but it is a completely different genre, right? Like he, you know, he was going from uh, realist uh, YA to now he's writing spec fic, and um, you know, big switches. Uh, Alison Goodman as well. You know, (laughs) basically all her books have been different. You know, the series have all series has always changed in that sense. And you can definitely see that, you know, there's that feeling of wanting to experiment, right? And you yeah. see these different authors pushing against that. And we were talking about this at the start before the, mm-hmm. before the podcast catch it, about the idea that in one sense, publishing is very conservative, mm. but authors are be. not. Yeah. So there's always that, you know, middle ground between the agent and the publisher and, mm. you know, even in the publisher itself, trying to figure out how to make your book seem more conservative right like to yeah. fill a need well it's one way to look at it and i sure. i think so um i i agree with that and also mm. i think if you ask my editor in the u.s who is amazing by yeah. the way like john morgan in the print is just wonderful wonderful yeah human being uh, he tells me that his job as an editor is to basically help um make my book accessible and understandable by as many people as we can. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're saying you have your idea and you expressed in a certain way and sometimes it could get convoluted in the process. Sure. Uh, but it's, his job is to make sure more people understand what mm. I'm trying to say. Interesting. And that's, he, a, that's a good way to look at he it. He explained yeah. it to me that way because you know when I get a lot of feedback from him, I get like a long letter, editorial letter yeah, and yeah. a lot of feedback, a lot of this and that. And it's like, I don't understand. Well, yeah. What are you trying to do here? And the premise is that he's trying to help me make my work more, yeah. you know, uh, widespread, under- understood by more people, mm. basically. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. I haven't <laughs> heard it described like that before. Yeah, yeah, I really like that. I think that's definitely a, a positive way to look at that influence, mm. right? Like a moderating influence of being like, okay, you're very close to your work. Let's pull away a little yep. bit and analyze it and, and see what it really is. Yeah. A lot of the time it just seems like, no, we want to change it, fix it. 
yeah fix it make it something that's a different that's a different approach to a different sound at least to like let's let's help other people understand it as well yeah it's good yeah yeah that's a very empathetic way to look at it Mm. um well there you go ladies and gentlemen we are pretty much done with the episode thank you very much for listening Uh, not done with the writer's life though no no that that (laughs) life continues the agonies the pains the successes the joys the highs the many lows (laughs) we ended on that there we go that shows you something um, Katja, thank you very much for joining us. It was wonderful to have you. Thank you so much for having me. Um, I've been looking at all your other episodes, so I have a lot to listen to in the next <laughs> few months. So. Amazing, <laughs> fantastic. Well, it's a great catalog. Skip yeah. all of Ian's, and then you know, <laughs> it's still a great you know, show. You know, I just gotta go and delete some. Um, so bonus tell us, episodes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Deleted <episodes>. scenes. The <laughs> ones no one cares about. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, Katja, tell us where people can find you, social media links, whatever you got coming up. Uh, I'm pretty much on any social media. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, even Pinterest. <laughs> Pinterest. <laughs> if, if you wish. There you go. <laughs> I do extended visual boards for all of my books. Amazing. If anybody's ever curious um, to look at my inspiration. Yeah. Uh, my username is the same everywhere. It's just my name, Katja Debsera. So yeah. people can just... Look me up and whatever. Follow me. I'm very responsive. I like talking with people about books and other whatever life, whatever they want to talk about. Um, I don't have any events. Well, actually, I do have a festival coming up, but I'm not allowed to talk about it yet because they haven't announced yet the lineup. So, but I will be at a festival. Sure. In the next few months. Yeah. So stay tuned um, to your Twitter tuned. and yeah. I'll announce. I mean, they're gonna announce it somehow. I think. Uh, and then sounds next, like a festival. Joel, are you doing is. another festival? I'm not aware. They are. Um, they are gonna come. I was told they're gonna come up with creative ways to announce their uh-huh. amazing lineup, and I was uh-huh. very lucky to be selected. It's anyway. I'm very excited. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, that sounds great. Yes, but it's a, it's under embargo. I'm sure. Okay. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> That's what I was told. <laughs> I know the feeling. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah, so um, aside from that i mean i'm you know i, I like to go to book club meetings yep. and whatever if people want to have me in bookstore i'll come and talk with their audience uh, my next book is coming out in january it's called oasis i'll be doing events in the u.s um Amazing, yeah. in new york and la which i will be announcing soon that's for uh, people who will be there at the time <laughs> they can come yeah fantastic <laughs> that's it so far <laughs> sounds like you've got a lot lined up <sighs> Yes, uh, we're working with publicity, of getting yeah, a lot yeah. of things happening. So, yeah, very exciting. Go. Very well, you difficult. gotta you gotta take your time and enjoy the. Uh, as much as you can. Yes, I'm lo- really looking forward to what's happening in January for me in the states. I love going yeah. there. So, I have a lot of family. So beautiful, exciting, yeah. great. Luke, where can people find you? What have you got? Well, I'm like a I'm like Lovecraft, aren't I? You'll never actually no. hear me. You'll never see no, me. No, that you're not. <laughs> Let's just rewind. Start again. <laughs> No, um, I am on Twitter occasionally, very yep. occasionally, at the Soul Shard, mm-hmm. and um, this website of the same name. Fantastic. All righty. Uh, you can find The Morning Bell, themorningbell.com.au. There's some episodes. Now, I have been mean, but they are very good, and I've enjoyed listening to them. Uh, so, Ian, Dion, Luke, you all did a great job. That was a uh, good time. <laughs> uh, I've still got two to, to edit and put up, so, you know, that's just Ian being slack, but, you know, what, what, what can you do? Um, yeah, look for those episodes coming out uh, episodically, weirdly enough. Uh, you can find me at The Pen of Joel on Twitter where I don't tweet and on my website, thepenofjoel.com.au, I think. I don't even know. Where he doesn't post. post. I don't yeah. post anymore. <laughs> Though I did post one article 
<laughs> and I had to, I had to find a way, Katya, and this is just who I am. I had such a great two months, and I posted the most negative-sounding uh, travel article on my website oh. about how much I hate tourists. While oh. <laughs> oh, I gotta read that. Yeah, I just saw your wonderful photos on Twitter. <laughs> They're all really They're positive, also... and then you read the article, and it's just me oh. being miserable. Oh, that's fine. I'm, I'm the same way. People ask yeah. me about my travel experience. I just came back from Europe and Russia, yeah, yeah. and I was like, oh. it's awful. It was just so annoying. Everybody yeah. was annoying. Yeah. And, but and I, then you I, show them pictures of you just smiling, <laughs> and they're like, hmm. But it was quite wonderful. We, you know, we're quite privileged to travel, so we do enjoy yeah. that. Yeah, it's really funny. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if I ever go traveling, it's like um, you, you know, I enjoy parts of it, and then I end up writing a, a scathing about essay all about the something. Miserable stuff. I think yeah. last time it was about um, the death of paganism or something. I was like, what happened here? Why is it this? <laughs> we're losing so or the orthodoxy? Much. Blah blah blah. <laughs> Hashtag I had a great time. Yeah. <laughs> It's crazy, but that, that's just that's just the way we are. We thrive on negativity. <laughs> You're the life. Uh, well, thank you very much for listening, ladies and gentlemen, and we will see you on the next episode. Bye bye. <laughs>